Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Modern Cowboy Podcast. We are so excited to announce that our new line of Modern Cowboy brand apparel is now available at National Roper Supply stores in Decatur, Texas and Wickenburg. Additionally, the Cowboy Whey Protein from our Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition line will also be available for purchase soon on the nrsworld.com website. And remember, when you purchase any products from nrsworld.com, use code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for a 10% discount. That's 10%. And it's not only on Modern Cowboy brand products, but also on almost everything NRS carries, with just a few exceptions. You can also go to uh, the link in our Instagram bio and click on the Modern Cowboy NRS link to see and shop all of my picks for all things Western. It's super cool. We have our own... Uh, web page in the NRS uh, website. So that's super cool to see. So anyway, hey, whether you're a Bronx spurring, bull twisting, all day cattle working cowboy, or you live in town and just bought your first cowboy hat, boots, or your first rodeo as a spectator, just remember the Modern Cowboy brand is for you. Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy and all of us. Hey, also... We, um, you hear a song on our podcast all the time, Cowboy, and I'm just super excited and proud uh, for the Modern Cowboy brand to be a sponsor of the Colt Barber American Cowboy Showdown and Colt's reality TV show, Saddle to the Stage. The American Cowboy Showdown is an IPRA and PRCA sanctioned rodeo and live music entertainment event with over 45 events planned for 2021. In the reality TV show, Saddle to the Stage, which will be airing on RFD TV and the Cowboy Channel, combines Colt's ranching and agriculture consulting experience with his music career to capture behind-the-scenes outtakes of fast-paced rodeo uh, action, uh, the music industry on stage and in the studio, and just the life and times of a modern cowboy who was a former rodeo competitor and is a businessman and Nashville recording artist and his touring band. So... We're super excited to be a part of this and a part of Colt's vision. So go to uh, coltbarber.com to see all the details and stay up to date. And follow Colt on Instagram at coltbarberofficial. And as always, a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for your continued support. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey, everybody. This is Dan Hillenbrand, and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Some say I'm just a man to the bone 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Um, really excited to have my guest on today. I don't even exactly know how we connected, obviously, with social media, but I can't remember if, if I'd reached out to her or she'd reached out to me. But anyway, I have Courtney Green on the podcast, and she is the founder and owner of Montana Territory Hat Company. Uh, she's based out of Bozeman, Montana. And uh, anyway, I'm excited to talk to her, see how she got started. Uh, we, we've talked before briefly. I think maybe we just messaged. I don't know if we've talked uh, even on the phone, but uh, she is connected to some other people that we've had on the podcast. So I'm I'm just excited to hear about that as well. So Courtney, uh, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, hey, just uh, give us a background on you, how you, how you got started making hats and, 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 you know, go back as far as you want. I know that you told me before you worked in uh, in fashion or high fashion uh, previously. So obviously uh, I have a passion for that as well. So um, just tell us where you, how you got started and, and uh, what led up to where you are now. Sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I'd say as far back as I can remember, I grew up um, riding horses and drawing those, those were my things. So when someone tells you to kind of think about, um, you know, who you were before anyone told you who to be, that's who I was. I was always, it was art and horses for me always. So, um, and that's kind of been a pretty consistent thread throughout my entire life. You know, of course it ebbs and flows as you grow and your priorities change and things like that. But I would say those two things have been pretty consistent pulls from, um, you know, from wherever my internal compass is. So, um, yeah, I went, I went to school, um, in Ohio at Miami university, got a business degree and, you know, I always wanted to stay connected somehow to art and creativity and design. And I ended up working in the fashion industry with the limited brands for a couple years and then got recruited over to Abercrombie and Fitch. And I worked for Abercrombie for about 11 years. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So I was in merchandising and design and product development and really kind of learned all the things um, with Abercrombie. Grew up through that company, ended up being vice president of merchandising. So I ran the women's business. Um, and it was, it, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. It was a, such a fun, fun job. I learned a tremendous amount and I couldn't be more grateful for that experience. Um, but I always had this pull, um, and love for the American West and horses and mountains, um, outdoor adventure, all the things. And, you know, Abercrombie's headquarters is in Columbus, Ohio. So it's not not the epicenter for outdoor adventure. Um, so while I loved my career and what I had built there, I just could not, I couldn't, I couldn't ignore any longer this desire to be out West and in the mountains and immersed in kind of that other part of, you know, my internal compass, like I'd mentioned. Right. So I ended up, um, I left my job at Abercrombie and I moved to Montana about five years ago. And, you know, just decided to, to be here and kind of let go of any expectations and kind of pursue life and see where, where it would, would lead. Um, and I, I got into photography and design. Um, I did some freelancing and, you know, I just, I always knew I would get back into product and design and merchandising mm -hmm. in some fashion. Right. 
but I wasn't quite sure exactly what I wanted that to be just yet. So I spent some time exploring and thinking and kind of ideating. Um, and then I ended up kind of having, I had this kind of nagging feeling that I wanted to create a hat company and I ignored it for a little while as you do. And I kept kind of pondering and thinking and, you know, it just kept growing as ideas often do. Right. Um, so one day I just decided I'm going to do it and I'm going to go for it. So, um, and it's, it's been great. I launched it about a year, a little over a year ago officially. Okay. So I, so I, I, I got to just talk to this just a moment. Yeah. How, when I started, uh, the modern cowboy brand, um, it, it actually started, uh, through a, 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 a thing called the Dally King. So, but my point is, is that I love hats. I mean, in anybody that listens to the podcast know that I've, I've just, I have this huge passion for them and I love shaping hats. I love everything about them. And it's funny because, uh, when I got started in this, it, it all started from I was thinking, well, yeah, I could maybe sell some hats online, shape some hats, do whatever. I, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. It was just what I wanted to do. Obviously, that didn't happen. But for you to, you know, you have this idea that you want to make hats and everything. Had you ever made or did you create or, or build things before or make clothes or anything? Because when we're, I'm, I'm watch, looking on the video right now and I see your hat blocks and stuff there. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot that goes into it. So, yeah. uh, you know, what do you... Do you, is there anything, you know, that uh, happened earlier in your life or did you wear a lot of hats? I mean, what made you think, hey, I, I want to build hats? Because it, it, it just seems like, especially coming from Abercrombie and Fitch, that's like, what a what a shift, you know? Yeah. That being said, too, though, when I look at your hats and look at, I mean, because your hats are works of art, you know, really. And the photography of your hats and stuff and, and just the whole theme of, of your brand is is just so cool. And, and when I see it, it just looks like, it looks like, modern vintage cowboy to yeah. me, you know, um, Western, uh, style fashion. It's just, it's super, super cool. But anyway, yeah. so how, what, you know, when you, did you just say, oh, I'm just going to get me some hat blocks and order some bodies or in make some yeah. hats? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for that description of the company, because that's a huge compliment. That's, um, you know, I, I love that positioning that idea kind of modern vintage and works of art and things like that um so i guess as it relates to my experience there are definitely parts of my experience that gave me the confidence to dive into the development of the product because right. you know, my my world at abercrombie i spent um you know, part of my role was creating the product. So I, really? I traveled all over the world working with um, factories and vendors in, you know, all different countries creating the product that we would sell. So I was very familiar with kind of the general orders of operation and the types right. of things and the methodology that goes into brand building um, and product building. So right. I had that kind of in my, you know, in my wheelhouse a little bit before right. launching this brand. Um, and then from, like I said, from like an internal compass perspective, I had always, I grew up riding horses. I had, I've had horses my whole life. And so I've worn, I've worn hats, um, you know, and I've, I've loved, I've loved everything about the lifestyle and the romance of the American West. Right. And, um, you know, this, this love and resilience that's in, that the lifestyle embodies. 
Right. Um, so it was that the lifestyle itself was very familiar to me. Um, so I would say that it's it's an honest and a very authentic pull for me to dive into something like this, right? And kind of bump it up against my background in fashion. Um, as it relates to building, you know, choosing the hat company, I really, you know, I I love iconic products and right. I love american vintage and the american west and just these these things that have this intrinsic authenticity and meaning to them right and i really as much as i love what i was doing before i really wanted to step away from where i felt like the fashion industry and retail in general was headed right in this kind of race to the bottom in terms of quality and price point um this planned obsolescence Right. And disposable clothing. I really, while I loved the, the things that I was doing, I lost passion for the why that I was doing it. Right. So I wanted to get back into product and design, but do it in a way that was really, that felt more true to how I wanted to create. And I wanted to create things that were um, you know, truly future heirlooms and right. works of art. And I wanted to create something that would, you know, the day you buy it is the least cool that thing is ever going to be. Right. You know, I want it to build and grow stories and be passed on to future generations. I want, I want these things to live forever, right. you know? Well, you know, it's interesting because when, when I look at, you know, your work and, and, and just the things you post, uh, on your social media, let's just take uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford and Butch Cassidy mm -hmm. and Nance Kid. I mean, th that film—that's an iconic film. I mean, it's just amazing uh, on on all levels. But uh, it's interesting when you look at the, at their hats they're wearing—very small brimmed, you know—but yeah. uh, just very very cool. And then you, you so you take that, you take uh, Paul Newman in like HUD, or you take James Dean, and you take one of the one model. I I can't remember his name off the top of my head, one of the guys that you photograph with some of your hats, but he has that, that same kind of theme, but it's something that's just, I mean, lives forever, you know, yeah. and it never, it never gets old in, in looking at, at, uh, it, at that at art in that, in, in that capacity, you know, uh, like those movies and stuff like some movies, you know, they get, or, or, or some of the things you see, they just, they're things of the past, but these things mm -hmm. just, transcend time and i think that your brand does that when i look at it you know your hats and what you're developing because i mean you think about it all the hat companies are out there and i've had a lot of hat companies on the podcast you know and i, I buy a lot of different hats but you have a very unique uh you know just a, a unique brand and it's it's your own and i think that that's just super cool and i don't think that's easy to do nowadays but i think it's it's easier to do when you have you know, the calling that you had to do it. I, I don't know. That's kind of my observation. I, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. That's a huge compliment. Yeah. So, um, it's funny too. Uh, I mean, we, I've talked about Butch Cassidy and Kid a lot lately because somebody had on the podcast previously, uh, it just, it was one of their favorite movies, you know, and, and I, I remember going and seeing that movie in night, I think it was 1969. I believe my dad took mm -hmm. me to the, the movies to see it, but, uh, and then my, other son and I watched it not that long ago, and then my youngest son, I hadn't, I didn't know that he hadn't seen it. And uh, anyway, he just told me like two weeks ago, yeah, I just watched Bush Cassidy and it's Kid Mad. It's a great movie. But anyway, I'm off on a tangent. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so when did you make your first hat? Let's go to that. I made my first hat 
um, in the fall of uh, 2019. You're kidding. No. <laughs> and so did you have like a mentor or somebody to, to help you or did you just you know, Google it? <laughs> I, um, I read everything that I think I think I finished the internet on, <laughs> on hats, on hats. <laughs> I watched every video and I watched every, um, I read everything I could find and I watched, I listened to every podcast. I just, I tried to understand, um, you know, kind of how to do it. And mostly I tried to figure out all the things I didn't know. Right. Um, and then I was able to, um, you know, I, I ended up, I think there was like a, a hat workshop or a, you know, there was an opportunity to go build your own hat somewhere down in right. Salt Lake City. And I, so I went to that, um, you know, I went down for a day and, and spent a day um, making, making a hat. And I kind of, I was just a sponge to the process because I had read enough and I'd watched enough and I had, I had enough of my own kind of desire and passion for right. what I was going to create. So while, I mean, I was, I was making the hat and kind of learning the mechanics of, you know, trying to build out that muscle memory of like how to actually do this and right. what I needed to be able to do it. Um, but, um, you know, and I, and so I, that was the first, that was the first hat I made. Um, and I came back and I ordered all the things that I felt like I needed to, to do it. And, you know, the one thing that I've, um, there, there are a lot of hat makers and there are a lot of really good hat makers and there are a lot of great, great hat brands. And so what I, you know, my goal in creating, you know, even my very first hat, I really, I was like, I, I'm going to make hats, but it's not just a hat. It's never going to be just a hat. It's going to be, um, for me, it's all about, and hopefully this comes through in some of the brand messaging that it's really grounded and rooted in a place so it's really when i i make these hats right down to the name of the company and my brand marks and the stories that i tell right it's it's a hat but it's really a piece of a place right you know and it's a it's a piece of it's something that you can you can take home and hold um you know hold all the things that montana mm -hmm. um embodies right in this one you know one piece yeah so I, I think that's I think that's awesome. Now, so when you started ordering stuff to make hats, let's, let's talk mm -hmm. about the equipment a little bit. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but um, what's the first? The, now you order bodies, right? Because certain companies make the bodies, right? Is that is that how you get your bodies for your hats? I order the the blank felt pieces, and then okay. so I block I block everything and shape everything. Yeah, and and that's what I meant. I, yeah. So so just blank felts. Mm -hmm. um, and then what different, uh, you know, grades of, of felts do you use? Do, do you have, you know, uh, different X's, I guess is what we call them, uh, or, or are they all pure beaver? Or how does that work yeah. in your hats? So, you know what, I think, um, I think the hat industry has done a really good job of confusing the customer a pretty great deal about these X's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I I agree because I've I've heard this from some other guys as well. But I'm yeah. very, I'm very interested to hear your your point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I try to keep it really simple. I have pure beaver, mm -hmm. so I call that a hundred x pure right. beaver hat. Right. And then I have a fifty percent beaver, so it's a beaver blend. Yep. And I call that a fifty x, and those are the two qualities that I use, and okay. they're both um, 
They're both extraordinarily high quality felt and they will last you a lifetime. Yeah. So I really, I try to keep it really simple. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I had, I had another hat maker explain that to me too. He goes, uh, you know, a hundred X is a hundred X. It's a hundred percent beaver. That's what yeah. it is, you know? And, and, uh, you know, I, I know there's, there's marketing and there's things, uh, but, but, uh, you know, the, when it comes down to brass tacks, it's, that's what it is. 100% beaver mm -hmm. doesn't get any uh, any different than that. Now, in terms of, I'm just curious because I've heard, uh, you know, people use, um, oh, what is it? Uh, besides beaver, they use mink. I think sometimes is, is that. Are, are you familiar with that, or do you are do you use that at all? Or I'm familiar with it. I don't use it. Okay. Um, I, I was use, just curious. Yeah, I don't. I don't use. It. I use beaver. Um, just trying to stay as true as possible to the, you know, that original cowboy hat that was gotcha. made and kind of that original story. So, um, yeah, I use pure beaver. Okay, so you get the blank, and uh -huh. then what, what's the what's the first uh, what's the first uh, process? What's the first step that you do once you have the blank? Yeah, so the first step, um, you steam steam the hat. So. These, these felts come, they're pretty stiff, um, but they respond really well to heat and steam and pressure. So those are your, those are your three ingredients, I suppose, to making a hat. So the first thing you do is you steam it and get it really nice and soft and smushy. Um, and then you've got your hat block chosen based on the customer's head shape and size. Mm -hmm. And then um, you kind of mold the, the, the felt around the block. Um, to get it kind of in its initial head shape. Right. Um, now, do you do do you do all that by hand too? Because I know that I've seen these machines before where they take the the blank and they set it in it, and it's like a big press and comes down. Do you use that, or do you? I do, do everything by hand. Everything by hand. So mm -hmm. and so when you stretch it over a block, are you doing it just with your hands, or do you have any tools that help shape it as well? Um, it's, I mean, it's really just my hands. I do have a wooden kind of like a curved wooden thing. It's, it's called a puller downer. Okay. <laughs> um, and you basically, you kind of roll the end of the felt and it just gives you some leverage, but it's gotcha. really, you know, the, it's all your, your hands and your muscle. And, um, there are certain tools that you can use just to kind of allow you to do that more efficiently, but right. I don't use any machines. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so you got your blank, you got the block, you're hitting it with steam and heat and, and molding it around that. Um, mm -hmm. and then, and I, I assume at that time too, are you, are you, uh, you know, working the brim flat or, or do you need to do that to get it ready to be able to shape to whatever? You do. Yeah. So, and that's done. Um, you, well, first you would tie, you tie a blocking cord around the, oh. where, where the crown would meet the brim. Okay. And that allows you to create that 90 degree angle between the crown and the brim. Gotcha. You tie that blocking cord and get that really tight around, um, kind of the bottom of that hat block. And then I use, um, just a, a really hot steam iron oh, okay. on the felt to smooth out the crown and then also help to create that really strong 90 degree angle between the crown and the brim gotcha okay now so when you when you're measuring a customer because obviously you know you, you have to ship hats you, you can't do in-person measurements i i believe uh, the old tool from back in the day i don't even know if they make them anymore it, i think it's called the conformator is is that mm -hmm. what it is yeah um yeah you know I, obviously you can use those in person i've actually heard of people even 
that ship a conformer out to people to put it on their head. Yeah. Um, but uh, how, how do you get your measurements uh, to fit uh, the customer? So the way that we've we've done it or I've done it so far is um, I'll just take a, a measurement with a soft measuring tape and I'll kind of talk them through doing that remotely if if they're not here in, in my studio. Um, so we've we've done it that way so far and I'll kind of talk to them a little bit and they can send me pictures, um, you know, so I can kind of choose the right block for their head shape as well. Got you. Um, so I don't I actually I've ordered a conformator. Um, Did you? Yeah, I've ordered one. So I have one coming because I, I just think that that's kind of the next next step in true personalization. So Got you. I have one of those coming, but um, and that'll be kind of exclusively for on site measurements. Right. Got you. Um, so they still they still make those. I'm sorry. They still make those, huh? They Well, you can buy the old they're, they're to, It's an old French tool. Okay. Um, the original ones. OK, it's a conformator and a familiar. Um, but they do make, there are a couple different ways that people have, have done them recently. There are some plastic ones that a lot of people will send out to a customer and send back and, and okay. they'll kind of do their own head tracing and things like that. Or um, there are actually some 3D printers that are making, they're remaking them really? now. Mm -hmm. oh, very cool. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that works. <laughs> so then you get the measurement from them uh, and... Uh, and the shape of their their head, you pick pick the block that you're going to use for the for the customer. Uh, once you have it, it made and it and it fits them, do you uh, if if they want to order a future hat or or just to keep it on, do you make a block for the hat for them to have you know at home even to set their hat on? I'm I'm not sure what they call those. It's like, I mean, I, I I'm thinking hat stretcher, but it's not a hat stretcher. It's actually supposed to be the shape of their head. Yeah, so I don't do that right now, but once I have the the tool that I've, that I've ordered, I will, because that's a much more specific shape. Got you. I'll then, I'll cut a block to put in, in each of the hats, but, yeah. but right now, um, no. Yeah. So, um, then once, once you, uh, you know, you got it blocked, you got the, the brim, you got the 90 degree angle, um, you've got that, what'd you call that again? That's the string that you tie around there? Oh, the blocking cord. Blocking cord. Blocking cord. How long does that have to stay on? I usually, because you're using quite a bit of steam, um, so there's, you know, there's a little bit of moisture in the felt. I usually leave that overnight. Okay. So I'll let it kind of rest. Once I have it um, nice and smooth and ironed on and the brim nice and flat, I'll leave that usually overnight or um, at least half a day just to allow it to cool. Um, and make sure that it's dry before sanding it. Right. Now, in, in terms of like, you know, colors and stuff, it's I, it seems like a lot of your hats, I, I mean, I don't know, just off the top of my head, I, I see a lot of natural colors. Is that, yeah. in, in, in that, is that just part of your brand as well? Just the, the natural? Yeah. Yeah, I prefer to, I have a color card, um, but I really kind of prefer to keep it focused on like earth tones. Gotcha. I guess I would call it. So I have everything from blacks through charcoals to, um, you know, the warm browns and camels. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm not the hatter who's going to make a pink or a turquoise hat. I you gotcha. know, that's one thing that you won't ever see from me. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Classic and, classic and timeless. Yes. And then my I, guiding, guiding principles. Yeah. And, and then also, they're, they're, some of them are very personalized. So, 
you know, mm-hmm. the, some of the messages on them, the designs, uh, things are, are those things that you infuse yourself or are these things that customers are asking for? You know, well, I did, I did the first one. That's, that's been something that in a really cool way has evolved and grown mm-hmm. over time. And it's kind right. of become something that's really unique to my brand. But right. so I, the first, the first time I did that, um, I have little branding irons okay. that I kind of branded the first time I, I branded MT just for Montana. Right. Um, and now I've done, you know, lots of different initials or words or phrases, all sorts of things with those branding irons, which has become really cool. Um, and then I, you know, the first kind of artwork that I did on a hat, it was, um, and I've done a lot of them since, um, but it was the outline of the Bridger mountain range, which is the kind of dominant mountain range here in Bozeman. And as I look out the window right here from my studio, that ridge line, I see the whole ridge line exactly as it's drawn, right. right, every single day. So I, you know, I made the Bridger hat just as a, you know, I just thought it was, it was kind of cool. It was understated. Um, it was art, but it was kind of a, it had a, if you know, you know, quality to the design. It wasn't so overt and costumey. It was very subtle and just a right. very specific ridge line. Right. And people loved it um, because it felt very personal um to bozeman or montana so if you have a connection to this place you know exactly what that line means right so that became something that a lot of people really like to have um and then since then i've had so many clients reach out with their own favorite mountain range right Um, so i have a sketchbook with you know probably 50 different ridge lines that I've done for, for customers. So that's become kind of a cool, a cool way to personalize it in a, in a really subtle and um, artistic way. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, I mean, I'm pointing out the obvious you're an artist. So you, you draw, did you, uh, did you do specific drawings earlier on or when you were growing up? Uh, was there a specific kind of art that you were into? I was, um, always drawing always drawing. I always had a sketchbook. I was, um, you know, and I've, I've always kind of been quiet and introverted and, you know, really kind of express myself through, through art. So, um, yeah, when I was, when I was younger, I was always drawing, always sketching. I was always tearing, you know, little things out of the paper or magazine or whatever. Um, uh, mostly (laughs) I, I used to draw, I mean, horses all the time. I was right. always drawing, drawing horses and, you know, barns and all sorts of different things. So I was, I was always sketching. My fingers were, my fingertips were always gray from shading. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think probably for, for the first 12 years of my life, my fingers were gray. That's great. So, um, have you, um, for a lack of better way to, to, to use it, have your hats been used commercially outside of, you know, your own brand and stuff? I mean, have, uh, movies or anything like that? I no, mean, it, uh, no movies, no movies just yet. So I've right. got a few things that, um, you know, hopefully are on the horizon for this year, but nothing confirmed, confirmed yet. I've done a lot of, um, you know, collaborations with stylists and photographers and people that just kind of want to use, um, right 
hats in, in their own content, which has been great because then, you know, you get to be a part of other people's art and expression and that's, right. that's been wonderful too. So um, yeah, no movies just yet, but I would, I would love that. That'd be, that'd be fun to create something that's truly special and unique to, to a film. Well, I, I could see that. I, I, yeah. I could see, I, now I could see Ralph Lauren getting a hat from me. That, that's, that's, yeah. who, that's who needs to, to get a Montana uh, territory hat. Does need a Montana territory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, very cool. So um, what, what do you, what do you see like in the future? Do you, uh, you know, with, with your company and your brand, are, are, are you going to stick solely with hats? Do, are you looking to maybe branch into other, uh, type of, I don't know, fashion design stuff or. Um, you know, I don't know, possibly, obviously my background is, is fairly broad as it relates to product categories and experience. So I could definitely see, growing the brand into um, something a little bigger than it is today, as far as the breadth of assortment. But I really, um, you know, I wanted to start it this way and really ground it in hats and have it be right. um, very much about, about this and about iconic product and classic design and timeless style right. and um, unique and, um, you know, just kind of future heirloom type of product. So with right. those kind of principles around the brand, I could see growing into some other product categories that mm -hmm. also embody those characteristics. Right. Um, so, but it, it would have to be product that, um, that still held, held the same ethos that right. I'm building with, with gotcha. the hats. But I could definitely see that happening, you know, in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. But for now, I'm I'm just excited to continue to continue growing the hat business, continue growing the um, the customer base and the exposure. Um, yeah, very cool. So now, um, the liners, a, a lot of liners, uh, the hat liners inside in in the sweatbands, uh, and I've just you know have learned this in the past couple years. Um, they're 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 not sewn in now. Do you sew your your hat liners in or? I don't sew them in. I um, you know, I just I cut them so that they just tuck right under the under the sweatband. Okay. Um, the reason I don't sew them in is because sometimes if you wear a felt hat year round, sometimes people like to take that liner out, so it's a little bit more breathable, especially right. in the summer. Right. So um, so I I don't sew them in. So you can kind of take them in, take them out, put them back in. Yeah. As you wish. I also learned too that that shaping hats, uh, it's better to shape a hat when the liner's not in it. I don't know. Right. Yeah, and and so um, I I learned that you know when I was learning to shape some hats that uh, a lot of hats get shaped with the liner in it. And uh, uh, anyway, it's that's just something I learned. And so um, I've, I've I know you know years back you know I'd have cheaper hats or whatever, and the liners would be sewn in, and you know, and I and or you know, and I, I would think if it came out, I would, how would you even get it back in? And then when I learned, oh, you can pull them out pretty easily. They conform pretty easily. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it, but I didn't know that about taking them out and wearing them, you know, when it's warmer to have it more breathable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and both of those reasons are good as far as, you know, you definitely, I always take the liners out when I shape because I'll put steam on the inside and the outside and kind of right. you know, get it nice and shaped. So, um, so yeah, I always take the liner out when I shape or reshape a hat and then um 
yeah, sometimes people like to take them out in the summer. Yeah. Now, when you steam, in terms of steam, uh, I, I know that, you know, with, with uh, felt hats or beaver hats, fur hats, uh, you, you don't want to use too much steam on them either, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so do you steam with a, um, oh, I meant a, I forgot the name of them now. They're they, the big, powerful steamers. Do you use a real powerful steamer or do you use low no, steam? No, mine's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty lightweight steamer. Um, it's enough, but there's definitely no risk of getting it too, too hot or too, too wet with mine. I right. could probably use a little more, more power actually, but, um, but it's, it's worked so far and it's, it's subtle enough that I can, um, you know, I can, I can control the shaping pretty well with how much steam I'm using. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause I know from firsthand experience, I've, I mean, I would say a hat that's, you know, maybe, you know, 10 X or, you know, whatever they are, you, mm-hmm. you, you can, you can take them to the point of no return with too much steam. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just become like this big wavy, uh, floppy <laughs> kind of thing, which, which yeah. is not good. So. Um, yeah, sure. less, less steam is, is, is better with, with the felts for sure. Now, how about straws? Are you, are you, would you ever consider doing straws or is that just something that, you know, doesn't interest you really, or, you know, I don't, I don't do straws right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really thought about it. I really like, I just really like the felt hats. I like right. working with the felt. I like, um, how substantial and, you know, rugged it feels. So, right. um, you know, and here, here in Montana, you know, you, a lot of people do wear straw hats in the summer, but, um, you know, we, we still wear a lot of felt hats. I wear my felt hats all year round. I, I'm um, in Arizona and, and I like to wear felt hat in the summer. Yeah. Too. I just, there's just something, yeah. there's just something that's real and authentic about it that, that I, I love all, all season long. So, yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a personal preference. You know, there's a lot of great straw hats out there, but I, I prefer, I prefer the felt. So, yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, for marketing purposes, I I know the hat companies like to, they like to push the, you know, seasons, you know, so it's, it's felt season, it's straw season, you know, uh, and, and, uh, I always just, I've always kind of gone against the grain anyway, but I'd say that, you know, there's no season for me. I wear them whenever I want. Um, yeah, but how how about uh, superstitions? Putting hats on the bed. Do you have uh, do you do you have that superstition? Have you heard that? Because I don't I believe do. I've heard that. I actually I so in each each one of my hats, I um I include a card. Uh huh. And it's a little folded card with um you know who it was made for, my initials, the date that I made it, and right. then um the the music that I was listening to while I made it. Oh music my gosh. A huge part of my creative process. So I'm always playing music, and I always saw handwrite in the artist I was listening to, which is kind of cool because yeah, everyone likes new music and absolutely kind of puts, puts you in the place. So, um, so I do that. But then on the back side of that card are cowboy hat superstitions. Oh my god! One of them is that um, that you don't um, you don't put that on the bed. It's bad luck. Yeah. That's too funny. Well, that's super cool. And that's just a, a really neat, uh, you know, signature mm-hmm. for, for your brand. That's a very, very, very cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. So now, did you did you spend time in Montana before, did it, you know, when you ended up coming there five years ago? Or did you just, you know, show up and go, hey, I'm going to live live here at the base of the Bridger Mountains? 
You know, I always escaped out West yeah. whenever I could leave. Um, you know, I was always heading West. I was always spending time either in Montana or Colorado or Wyoming, or I always needed to be in the mountains. So I had kind of spent my time scattered around right. the American West whenever I could escape. But um, Montana, I really, my parents moved out here okay. a couple years before before I did to retire on their ranch out here. So I, after I left my job at Abercrombie, I had a ticket booked, you know, the next day to come out and spend some time with them in Bozeman and really kind of spend, spend time here. I did a photography workshop in the Centennial Valley. Cause that was another one of my passions is right. um, photography. Right. So, um, so I really, that was the first time that I had spent really meaningful time here in in Montana and in Bozeman and really kind of got to know the place and I just I mean I absolutely I always love the mountains but I really fell in love with Bozeman yeah um there's just something really charming and small town about it and you know you know a lot of places that you can live out west you can be near the mountains but you're really not living in the mountains right. you know you move to Denver and it's still quite a haul to get right. to get into the mountains. Um, right. So when I came to Bozeman, I was just, you know, I just absolutely loved it. It's, it's a great, you know, college town, great community, lots of creators here. So it's really a creative community and really outdoorsy. And within, you know, within 15, 20 minutes, I can be headed up a ridgeline so, and that, that was really important to me as far as the lifestyle that I was trading into. Yeah. Now, do you, do you have horses now or? Yep. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So we have, um, we have four horses. They're at my parents' ranch um, here in Bozeman. Very cool. Now, you, do you mostly just trail ride or do you do any type of, you know, competitions or ranch roping or any, anything like that? So me, I personally spend a lot of time trail riding and just mm -hmm. riding out on the ranch. We, um, we have about 80 pairs at my, okay. my parents' place. So we, we work, we work the cattle on horseback. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of ranch work with the horses as well. Uh, I also, I have two little kids and oh, you they do? rodeo. Yeah. Okay. They rodeo all summer. Okay. How old are they? They are nine and 11. Oh my gosh. Great yeah. ages. Boys, They're girls, great. and they. So my daughter is eleven, uh -huh. and my son is nine, and they both um, barrel race. So they barrel race all summer, Very and cool. then they um, they're just starting to get into roping. So my dad's my dad likes team roping. Uh huh. So my little guy, we're hoping my little guy is his team roping partner soon. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah. th th this is quite the dichotomy. And that's what I, I mean, I just love about doing this podcast. I didn't know you were with Abercrombie and Fitch. You know, I, yeah. I, I didn't know that. It's especially you were with them 11 years and you were vice president of merchandising. Yeah. Merchandising. Um, it's just crazy. But, you know, here you in, 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 in I, I love it so much because it just it just runs right in line with with the modern cowboy brand. It's like you have all this history, you know, in Western cowboy culture. Uh, and then you were uh, uh, like at the forefront of the most, uh, you know, modern fashion, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's just, I think it's just super cool, super cool. Yeah. So I, I, I gotta tell you, this is like, 
um, because again, I've talked about it before. I love, I love fashion. I love, man, I love nice suits and, uh, you know, ties. And I mean, just all that stuff. It's just, it's, it's just cool. And, uh, but I, I have a passion for Western fashion as well. So I think this is probably, uh, Probably another one of the biggest surprises because I, I didn't know that. I know you said you'd, you know, you'd worked in, uh, you know, high fashion before, but that you knew Chris, I think, right? Douglas? You know, I met Chris in Montana here. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, our, our paths crossed a couple of times and he's, he's a great human. He's yeah. such a, such a talent and such a cool, cool story. Cool yeah. human. Great yeah. guy. Um, really great family. Um, so yeah, our paths crossed here and, you know, he had kind of worked with our photographer at Abercrombie was Bruce Weber. Oh, okay. Um, right. Chris had done some work with Bruce Weber and some of his, gotcha. you know, his, his prior life. That yes. He, yes. He doesn't they, talk about all, all that much, but I, you know, I, he, I know he's such well, he's, a cool guy. he sent me all the pictures when, after the first <laughs> thing. And I, I, what's so funny is again, not to get off on a tangent, but I remember seeing those ads. I mean, they're, they're iconic ads Yeah, you know, and that's him. And, and he, you know, he doesn't, I mean, to him, it's just like, okay, it's something I did and it's over now, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. But yeah. And that's, you know, another one of the things that kind of informs my, you know, brand ethos and the visual piece of my brand is, you know, a lot of that Abercrombie imagery, whether you love it or hate it, our photographer, Bruce Weber, a lot of times they'll, they will refer to him, um, you know, in his most positive light as the master of the nostalgic moment. Right. And that's kind of what I, I love the concept of evoking that kind of emotion through right. imagery where it's, you know, whether it's, it's an image that was taken today or an image that was taken you know, 50 years ago, there's this same nostalgia Right. that comes through and that's that's really a cool quality when a photographer can capture something that's that timeless and emotive yeah so. yeah no i i agree and and you know just like some of the photographs uh, in in your work with your hats and i can't remember the guy's name i but anyway the, those those images evoke the, the same you know feelings and and they portray that same that same thing i mean those are timeless iconic uh, mm-hmm. and it just it, it just goes to all those points we talked about before but the thing is it, it never it never gets old you know it's yeah. it's like you know you you look at a picture of like i know you have a picture posted of um james dean you know and you look yeah. at that photo that was taken in the i think the 50s probably and then yeah. the other photo of of your model and the guy with the hat on your hat it's just like you know, it, it's powerful is, is what it yeah. is. It, it, there's no other way to really describe it, but I think that's why, you know, so much of, uh, you know, what's on social media and, and what people like to see. And, and I've really watched that and looked at it uh, and just observed, you know, what we all like to kind of see and what gets responses from people. And it's, it's the, that kind of imagery, you know, that, uh, uh, that just evokes, you know, emotions in all of us. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's just great, you know, and I'm, I'm loving just sitting here looking at your, your studio. Cause it looks so cool. I, I love, you know, it's, it's kind of monochromatic through there, but you got the hats back there. I love that color of that back wall. I, I noticed the color of your shelves and the way yeah. your, your, uh, your blocks are all, 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 um, situated. And it just, it just looks, it looks very cool. And, and again, I mean, I know I, I use that word a lot because my vocabulary is probably really not that, uh, that complex, <laughs> but, uh, you know, 
as humans, we, we're, we're always looking to, no matter what age you are or, you know, anything, I mean, everybody, we have this, this need to, you know, feel connected somehow to something mm-hmm. and to things. And, uh, so when I see stuff like that and just like with what you're doing, um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's just compelling and it's impressive and it's, and, and it's just very cool. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that very much. Yeah. And, and, so uh, obviously, I got to ask you the the same three questions I ask everybody. We uh, we know what your favorite hat brand is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You want to say you want to say the name of it? Montana Territory Hat Company. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> uh, how how about boots? Are are you a fan of boots? Do you have a favorite boot brand? Yeah, well, I um, I mean, I love I love cowboy boots. I actually have my I have a pair of custom boots from a place here in Bozeman, so okay. it's called Carter's. Carter's boots. And, okay. um, that's where, that's where I get my boots. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and how about, uh, Western cowboy movies? You got a favorite Western movie? Oh man. You know, well, I mean, you know, you've seen some of the things I've posted as far yeah. as, you know, loving some of those Robert Redford and, um, you know, Paul Newman. I love Butch Cassidy, that kind of stuff. Just, it's, it's just cool. I would say my favorite cowboy movie though. Um, gotta be lonesome dove really Um, okay well you know the reason the reason is because it's my dad's favorite movie gotcha (laughs) so i just you know i i can't um you know i've I've watched that with him a few times and he he absolutely loves loves that movie so um you know i'm candidly i'm a bit of a softy when it comes to some of these cowboy movies you'll see me kind of with my my face hidden in my hands at certain times because, well, you know, I can't bear to see, you know, a horse fall down or get hurt. And well, I'll tell <laughs> you what, kind of stuff, so. I know for a fact that there, there isn't uh and I mean, big burly cowboy out there that, that hasn't watched Lonesome Dove and seen that scene between uh, Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones, when Robert Duvall's it, it passes away and, mm-hmm. and doesn't cry because I can still cry every time. You know, yeah. and, and that that movie was, uh, and is so powerful. I I don't know how many VHS tapes we've worn out of it when it first came out, and then it went to DVD. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, yeah, uh, absolutely a great movie. Stands yeah. the test of time. Well, Courtney, it's been so much fun talking with you. Um, you know, and and just uh, I'm really excited for you and happy for you, and and I just I can't believe that you only started you know your company in 2019. Uh, just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun, it's been a fun ride and I'm excited to see, see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am too. Absolutely. Um, so if people want to follow you, your, your Instagram is. Yep. It's at Montana territory hat co. Okay. Um, and that's where I would say Instagram is where I am most active as far as posting new content and imagery and messaging. And, um, you know, I, I love, photography and writing and stuff. So that's kind of where I post a lot of my, my creative content in addition to the hats. And then uh, my website is Montana territory hatco.com. Okay. Um, so that's, that's kind of where people can reach out. They can DM me as well, or, you know, text everyone to get a hold of me is fine. Um, but there's a contact form and an order form to kind of start the process of my website. So that's an easy way to, to get started. Awesome. Very cool. Well, hey, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I know 
I know um, we're planning to get up to Montana here um, this, I think this year, hopefully. And my my wife's got some good friends that she sees up there in um, three, three Forks. But uh, we get up that way. I'll definitely uh, definitely look you up. I'd love to meet you in person. Come see your studio. Now, is your studio open for for people to come to, or do you just? Or is it yeah, just for, it, oh, is. it is okay. right now. My studio is actually, I have a home studio at the moment. So, uh-huh. um, just kind of in my house, which has been a blessing it's this, great. this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I absolutely have people stop by all the time. People love to come in and kind of see the space and see, I've posted snippets of it on Instagram. So I think people are kind of interested to see it in person and, right, right. um, yeah, so they can kind of come be a part of the process, pick out colors and trims and have an in-person measurement and talk through all the all the things. So that's that's definitely fun and absolutely an opportunity. One of these days I may have a, a standalone store in Bozeman, but we'll see we'll see how the world shakes out over the next couple of years first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when <laughs> when you can have that business overhead as part of your as part of your uh your residence, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, it is. It is nice. And it's, yeah. it's worked out just fine. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Courtney. Well, hey, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. I come from a long line of legendary men, sons of the desert, and riders on the wind I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me I ain't got much but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody nothing everything I got's my own some say I'm just a man to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride I'm a cowboy, that's my brain Until the day I die Guitar and a brand new set of strings From the radio to the rodeo I'm gonna do my thing I don't compromise on nothing What you see is what you get I may be broken busted But they ain't killed me 